Hey, good morning, New Hope. Glad you're here this morning with us. Whether you're online, chiming in, welcome, or live in the room, thanks for being here as we continue in our new series called You've Asked For It. If you're new around the house, it's uh, this month we're talking about topics you wanted to talk about. So we sent out email, text, asked, hey, what do you want us to talk about? You sent it in, we sent it back out, and people voted on it. And so these topics are the topics you asked for. And so again, the sort of how it runs this morning is I'm going to talk for about 12, 13 minutes. As I talk, if you have questions about what the topic is about, you can text in those questions. Pastor John will pick them up. And we'll answer them a little later on, uh, as much time as we have. But 763-325-9227, you can send those in. But the topic for today is about relationships between, you know, family or friends and marriage, right? So it was interesting, there was a, a man and his wife were sitting in their living room discussing their living will. And the man said to his wife, you know, just so you know, I never want to live in a vegetative state. You know, I don't want to be dependent on some machine and be fed from a bottle. And so the wife got up and she unplugged the TV and threw out all his beer. But that's a lot of how relationships end up. If you've been married for quite a while, you're just sitting right in front of the TV, a little bit in a vegetative state, and a lot, a lot of interaction. There was this uh, mother who was preparing her will, and she was talking to her pastor, and she said, hey, pastor, I have two requests. And she said, the first request is, I want to be cremated. And the second request is, I want to have my ashes scattered over Walmart. And the pastor said, Walmart? <laughs> Why Walmart? And the mom responded, well, then I'll know that my daughters will visit me at least twice a week. <laughs> but, you know, when it comes to relationships, we get it, right? They're difficult. Relationships are the hardest activity that we do actually in life. I mean, we see it early on in Genesis chapter 3 in the relationship between Adam and Eve, the two first created beings. They both end up making poor decisions, and then after making poor decisions and telling God to shove off in their life and that they could be God themselves, they got life figured out, they end up sinning. And in their sin, in their wrongdoing, then they end up blaming each other. Do you get it? Do you see that? Later on, they have kids. They have two sons, Cain and Abel. And you know the story where Cain ends up killing Abel due to jealousy. And so we see where relationships are, right? They're difficult. So God's desire for Adam and Eve was that they would be in relationship with him, and in their relationship with him, that they then would reflect that relationship in their relationship with one another. So they were made in God's image, and so God wanted them to live in relationship with one another 
Just like God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit lived in relationship with one another. And they wanted that to be reflected in Adam and Eve's relationship. But we understand that that became broken. And so later on, because of that failure, God came to a man, Abraham. And I want you to listen to this, okay? God came to a man, Abraham, and set apart the nation, Israel. Israel was set apart to model a nation to other nations. They were supposed to be the model nation to other nations set apart so that other nations would recognize that Yahweh God was the true and living God, the only God, and that he was not a God that was deaf or mute, blind or weak or lifeless, lacking power, that the other gods were of other nations, right? When they walked with God, Israel, they lived and they acted in their relationships totally differently than the other nations did. They were set apart. They were different, right? They were given the Ten Commandments and other relational rules to govern their relationships. And their relationships were obviously different than other nations. The goal of this was to attract other nations into a relationship with the true and living God because the nation of Israel acted differently. And because of that, and because they followed God's laws and rules, boundaries for relationships, their life was good. Their life was secured. Their life was at peace. And they prospered. And so other nations then were attracted to their God, the true and living God. That was the goal. That was the desire, right? But we understand that the nation of Israel stumbled or had challenges there as well in their relationship with God, which then caused challenges in their relationship with one another. So when it comes to our relationship with our spouse or family members or friends or you could whatever, coworkers, classmates, whatever, relationships are to be governed by God's standards for relationships. The Ten Commandments are still perfect today, but I want to talk about some other standards of how we are to govern our relationship from God's word. And so again, if you have any questions on what I'm saying, you can text into that number, 763-325-9227, as I talk here this morning and set this up. But you're probably wondering, like, you know, why is he wearing the garb, like the hat, you know, the the uh, vest, that kind of stuff. I mean, it is sort of that kind of weekend. I was like, oh, this may not work out. You know, it's, it's sort of like a little chilly. But the reality is, is I believe relationships are like seasons. They change. <laughs> they change, don't they? I mean, our relationship, if you just look at our kids or even our grandkids, 
they change from when they're born and they can't talk. And, we're, and we keep saying like, I wish they could talk. I wish I could understand them. Then they start talking and then you say, man, I wish they had stopped talking. You know, I guess because it's like, why, why, why? You know, all that kind of stuff. Or they get older and their needs start to change or they become more independent. They get married and they marry somebody else and that changes the relationship and the relationship with you and, and their needs and all that stuff. And so it's like the different seasons that we experience here in Minnesota, spring, summer, winter, fall, are different seasons, whether it's in a marriage. I mean, it, it, there's different seasons in a marriage. Relationships change, right? There's different seasons in friendships. Relationships become more difficult. You know, they, they deepen. Uh, we understand each other more. Or maybe there's a hurt in that or expectations, and you got to work that through. So in, in friendships, that's the case. And certainly uh, with parenting, boy, my kids, they're, they're no longer infants. They're not even elementary. They're grown people, you know, and, and that kind of thing. And so relationships change, whether it's with coworkers, classmates, maybe people in the neighborhood. And so in this, how is it we are to dress ourselves? And I love the picture that the Apostle Paul gives us in Colossians in the New Testament, new part of the Bible, Colossians chapter 3 Verses 12 through 15, he's writing to the church of Colossae about how are they supposed to dress themselves in virtue and character, in, in the image of God? How do they dress themselves for success in relationships with whether it's your family, whether it's their friends, or their spouse? And so I just want to walk through this. Uh, these will be on the screen for you, or you can bring them up in your Bible, Colossians 3, 12 through 15. And so this is what Paul says. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. And so he already says that, hey, you are holy, meaning you are set apart. You are to live different than the world in these different relationships, okay? He says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, first of all, clothe yourselves with compassion. So he's saying, hey, this is how we are supposed to dress for success. So every morning when you wake up and you're putting on physical clothes, depending on the season, right? Paul is saying, hey, dress yourself with these virtues as well as you go out in relationships, all right? Prepare yourself. Clothe yourselves with compassion, he wants us to be a compassionate people. Compassion is empathy with action. So when you leave here and you see someone pulled alongside the road and they have a flat tire, empathy would be like, oh, I really feel for them. I know what that's like, right? But empathy with compassion, the word compassion is an action word. Empathy is, oh, I really feel for them and I'm gonna pull over and help them change the tire, right? So when we have compassion, he says, clothe yourself with compassion, it means that, man, if we feel something towards someone, we act and help them in the situation. Secondly, he says, clothe yourselves with kindness. Man, do we need kindness today? Like, yeah, we need tons of kindness. And where kindness really kicks in is towards our enemies. Where kindness really kicks in is towards our enemies and how important that is. I remember a, a show that our kids used to watch, our girls, uh, was called Jump In, and uh, Corbin Blue was the main actor in that. It was a jump rope 
uh, movie by Disney, I think, or something there. And I remember Corbin Blue, he had an enemy, this bully uh, that kept bullying him and his friends all the time. But Corbin had this kindness towards his enemy where he recognized he was a poor kid, uh, came from a tough background, and that he lacked clothes. And so he gathered some of his own clothes and he left it at his apartment door and knocked on the door and just took off. And, and he extended kindness to his enemy. And later on in the show, uh, it changed and transformed the relationship into a friendship. But Paul is saying, hey, listen, whether it's your spouse, whether it's your neighbor, whether it's coworker, your family, friends, or whatever, clothe yourself with compassion, clothe yourself, put on kindness towards other. Thirdly, he says, put on humility, which is this freedom from this concern of our own ego, or like that we always have to be right, or we always have to be on top, or that it's always about us, right? So clothe yourself with humility. Then he says, clothe yourself with gentleness. So maybe you're in a situation where you could come down hard on somebody. But what he's saying is, hey, instead of coming down hard, Go in with gentleness and see how that works. You know, Proverbs talks about how a kind word turns away wrath. You know, a kind word uh, really sets the table for how the discussion can be on talking about this wrong. And especially when it comes to parenting and that your child does something wrong in that, instead of coming down hard to gently talk to them and that it goes a lot better and a lot farther as far as correction. And then he says, clothe yourselves with patience, Patience, we know, is self-restraint. Patience sometimes is endurance. Like, hey, I need to, you know, wait and wait and wait for this person to change in their behavior, whatever it might be. So clothe yourselves with kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. And then I love this sixth one. Bear with each other. I think this is such a key thing. Bear with each other mean, hey, cut each other some slack, right? Cut, cut each other some slack. And who is it in your life where maybe you don't have much slack for I mean, you just have this little string or this little rope, and you're just all over them, like peanut butter on a jelly sandwich, right? I mean, you're just all over them, right? And maybe you need to cut them some slack. Maybe you need to give them three feet of rope, right, in their life and cut them some slack. That's what this picture of bear with each other. And then seven, forgive one another if, you, if any of you have a grievance against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And so he's just basically saying, hey, forgive. And even if you don't feel like it, because sometimes we'll never feel like it, out of obedience, God calls us to forgive. Even if we don't feel like it, he calls us to be a forgiving people. Why? Because he forgave us. And so Paul's challenging the church of Colossae, saying, hey, forgive. Because the feeling may never come, but out of obedience, we forgive. And then through that, God will work in our lives and hopefully in the life of another person. And then eight, over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So it's sort of like when we get dressed in the morning and that we finally put on our belt, our belt sort of like holds it all together, right? And, And so that's the picture Paul's given us here, is that, man, out of all these things, put on love, which binds them all together. And then he says in 15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you are called to peace and be thankful. So this whole idea that 
If you live out these virtues, if you when you physically get dressed, if you put on these virtues when you get dressed, when you clothe yourself in compassion and kindness and humility and forgiveness and gentleness and all that kind of stuff, he said, your life, your life will have peace. And you'll extend peace to others around you. And so when it comes to relationships, whether it's family, friends, whether it's our marriage, this is how Paul, this is how God is calling us to dress for one another. And so let's invite John up here. If you have any questions, again, go ahead and text those in. But God gives us principles very clear. I mean, Paul lays it out as clear as possible of this is how we are to live when it comes in relationship with one another. Pretty important stuff in that. So don't know if you got anything there as far as uh, some questions. Yeah, we're, we're not quick on the draw this morning, but I, I do got a good one here. Um, how do we forgive a family member when the hurt runs deep? Yeah, I think that's sort of what I... I talked about uh, this whole idea of, um, you know, you're never going to get that feeling, right? It's not, you're not going to feel it. It's just out of obedience. And then even out of that continual obedience, forgiveness is really saying that, hey, I am not going to hold or use what that person did against them, did to me against them. So forgiveness, God forgives our sins. So he's saying, hey, I'm not going to hold what you did against me against you at all. And that's a picture of forgiveness. And it's, it's really, uh, sometimes for us, it's out of obedience where, where we are called to forgive. It, we don't forget it. It's not, God's not saying to forget it, but we decide not to use it against them out of obedience to God. It's difficult. When it's close like that, it's very difficult to do. But God, I believe, will bring healing when we are obedient to do what he has called us to do, he will heal us. Uh, another one similar, what if someone has been mentally or physically abusive? Yeah, that's a, a, a piece where, again, in that situation, you need to be careful to uh, make sure that you have uh, good boundaries, safe boundaries, not to continue to put yourself into uh that situation where you're going to be physically or, or mentally, verbally abused. And so you, you're going to probably need some professional help. Uh, you're going to need friends around you, the family of God, to help you walk that out. What are those boundaries, those pieces? But when it comes to like physical, verbal, uh, emotional, all those pieces, what the enemy wants to mainly attack, I believe, in all those things, unfortunately, through that person is our identity and our position in Jesus Christ. And that for you to remember that, man, you are a child of God, that you are loved by God, that regardless of what someone might say of you or do to you or whatever, it does not move you off of the position of being the child of God, that God died for you, he loves you, that he calls you a saint, that you sit in the throne room of God with him. It doesn't move your position at all because of what someone may say about you. And so hold on to that identity of who you are in Jesus Christ, regardless. I'm glad this question came in too. I have a hard time treating myself this way, advice. And I love, you know, just in this list, right? 
this great list with humility, you said humility is the freedom from concern of the ego. So that's really like if we're if we're able to receive God's grace and 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 see ourselves in his light rather than being so concerned with the ego, then I think it's easier to start forgiving ourselves. Right. And they often say that, you know, the, the, when it comes to forgiveness, the first place you got to start with is self, right? And it's, it's so, so important. I think a lot of times we're hardest on ourselves, And, and so uh, God says, hey, forgive as I have forgiven you. And really, start with yourself, I think. And when it comes to how we interact with people, uh, there are always days where we are challenged to interact with people who we know uh, maybe have hurt others or have hurt us uh, in ways, or they live a lifestyle we don't approve, but yet we are called to love them or to serve them. I think of doctors and nurses, right? When people come through the doors of a hospital, their number one goal, their calling, is to serve them and to treat whatever illness or injuries or whatever are involved in their life. And they may walk into a room where that individual could be their ex-spouse who abused them. That individual could be the neighbor kid who's been bullying their kid. Or it could be a notorious drug dealer, whoever that, that like, they just do not approve of. But because of their position, they are called to serve that person regardless, right? And because of our position in Jesus Christ, and that we represent the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Jesus we are called to respond out of how Paul told us to dress in Colossians 3. Amen. Well, uh, it's kind of crickets right now. I just like last week in second service, uh, when your daughter texted in, Dad, your shoe's untied, don't trip. (laughs) That's right. That's right. You know, when it comes to our uh, relationships, okay, uh, I have a diagram that I want to put up on the screen here of a triangle, okay? And uh, so, Robin, if you could go to that, that back to that uh, screen there and put up that triangle there. Well, I guess you don't see the triangle. But uh, in this triangle, there's us and there's others, and then there's God at the top of that triangle, right? And the reality of, of this is, so we have us and we have others out here. We have God up here. As you and I seek our relationship with God and we move towards God, the pinnacle of that triangle, in reality, we are going to move closer in relationship to one another because that triangle goes like this, right? And so our relationship is going to grow in relationship with one another. And the reality is as we dress like Paul has called us to with the godly virtues and character, in that, our relationship with one another is going to grow and going to strengthen. Whether it's your marriage, whether it's your friends, whether it's your family, that is reality. And regardless of whether the other person wants to seek that relationship with Christ and grow in that, we have a responsibility to do that on our own. And so we have to start with us. You know, Leo Tolstoy, I always love his little comment, you know, everybody wants to change the world, but nobody wants to start with themselves, right? <laughs> and so when it comes to living out relationships and reflecting God and loving, it starts with our relationship with Jesus. And then out of that, he gives us the power. He transforms our life to be able to help 
love others better. Well, you've set it up well. I mean, relationships are the hardest thing in life. And, and God's designed to be made in his image so that we would reflect him. And Israel's design to reflect God to other nations. I think it's a great challenge for all of us to continually be asking, how am I dying to myself and reflecting more and more of God's image? Because that will stand out to the world. Right. <laughs> that it's not about us. It's not about me. It's about I want to grow closer to God so that I can shine his light to others. And that will make a huge difference in relationships. Right. I mean, one of the challenges I, I said last week is, uh, for people of the world today, when it comes to looking at the church, you know, they, they just think the church hates them and is against them in that. And the, the, the church, we need to figure out how do we live in the world and love the world, uh, you know, as Christ has called us to. And, and that's a critical piece. And so I think when it comes to our coworkers, our neighbors, or even our kids, you know, or whatever, you know, we, we listen to them. Uh, we strive to learn, you know, what, where are they at in life? But then we lean into and, and share uh, what we know of God's word and, and what is, we see as truth and how God has built us for boundaries in life. And then in all that, we wrap it in love and we approach it with love. I think that's so critical, so important in that. So uh, looks like we're, we're out of time on that piece, but if you have any other questions coming out of this or whatever, you can still text in. Uh, John will pick those up uh, for second service or we'll get back at you. If you have your email, you can send that in and we can answer any questions. But again, relationships, toughest thing we do. And so in that, let's make sure we dress as God has called us to in Colossians. So when you physically get dressed every day, I want you to write this verse out Colossians 3, 12 through 15, I want you to write it out, put it on your mirror. So men, when you're shaving, it'll be a reminder. This is how I treat my wife, my kids, my coworkers, my employees, my neighbor, the dog, what, whoever, you know, right? Uh, and that, and uh, wives, kids, all that, this is how we should live and dress. Daily. I thought you were going to have us dress like you this week. Yeah, I can right. do that. Yeah, hey, if it gets any golder, you bet, Right. <laughs> But uh, there's seasons of relationship. So, John, pray us out, and I'm going to walk out. Sounds good. All right, thanks. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your love. God, uh, we thank you for your invitation to receive uh, the relationship of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And what you've done on our behalf to send your son to pay for our sins so that we can be forgiven, so that we can forgive others. Thank you for this invitation to live into your love, into your grace, into your mercy, and to, to clothe ourselves. Um, Lord, uh, we, we love uh, the, the garments that you want to place on us. We, we love you, Lord Jesus, and help us to see opportunities to, to call on you, to depend on you, because we can't do it in ourselves, Lord. Uh, we're broken and we need you. We're selfish and we need you. We need you to give us the, um, the, the truth and the grace to, to keep clothing ourselves with these things, to, to keep showing what this relationship with you is and what relationship with others in the body of Christ. And Lord, to break shame and to break barriers and to see more and more of your image in this world. We love you, Lord Jesus, in your mighty name. Amen.